Utah is number one in the nation for teen suicide. What can we do about it? We're going to talk about that next on Polygamy. What love is this? I have a quote from the utah.gov website, which in part says this, and I quote, Suicide is a major public health problem in Utah. An average of 627 Utahns die from suicide, and 4,574 Utahns attempt suicide each year. Overall, more Utahns are hospitalized or treated in an emergency department for suicide attempts than are fatally injured. On average, two Utahns die as a result of suicide every day, and 13 Utahns are treated for suicide attempts every day. Utah's suicide rate has been consistently higher than the national rate for more than a decade." End quote. Our guest this time is the author of a book entitled Spiritual Secrets About Suicide, which is a very timely topic given the article we just read. In this book, she gives us another approach to healing the hearts and minds of those who contemplate suicide and of people who help those who may choose suicide as the way out of their personal dilemmas. And so she is our guest for the next two programs. I would like to introduce and welcome Annette M. Eckhart. Did thank I say you. that right? Yes, thank you, <laughs> okay. Doris. Wonderful to be here. And I thank you so very much for coming and sharing um, your insight into this problem. And it is a big problem in Utah. And so it's very timely that you're coming. Give, uh, give our viewers a little bit of in background information about why you're doing this and um, any contact information website. And sure. Uh, well, our ministry name is Bridge for Peace. And we can be contacted at bridgeforpeace.org. And we were called into ministry 31 years ago. Ooh for the healing of the nations through Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. And we have an orphanage in Uganda, we're building a school in Uganda, we have bases all around the world, but only in the last couple of years has it led us on this journey to bring healing to those that have been struggling with suicide ideation mm -hmm. or the shame of living with uh, maybe family members who have died by suicide mm. and the shame that that brings on families. So we've been called to minister healing through Jesus wow. Christ to people who've been struggling in that area. Wow, and that is a very, very needed ministry. Um, and it is, it's a stigma when something like that happens. And, you know, everybody in Utah realizes how bad uh, suicide is getting here. And we're going to talk about what reasons perhaps for that. But this information is so important. And I would like to mention here, maybe I shouldn't say this, I'm going to, this is a spur-of-the-moment interview. I did not know we were going to do this until just a couple of days ago. So I didn't have a lot of preparation time. I didn't read your book. I have not been able to do that either. But we're going to stumble forward anyway. Okay, <laughs> and and uh, just go ahead with the interview. And hopefully the viewers will learn something special and precious about what she has to share. I have two more quotes that I would like to set the foundation for this first one is from the utah suicide website and it says that in utah quote more adults have thought about or attempted suicide than anywhere else in the country the suicide rate has been constantly higher than the united states rate for the past decade and then the final quote that i want to share is from a news article from kutvnews.com 
And it says, KUTV News reports that Utah suicide rates are skyrocketing and are now the leading cause of death for Utah youth. The youth suicide rate has tripled in Utah since 2007, jumping from 3 out of every 100,000 youth to 8.5, an alarming increase not seen anywhere else in the country. Mm. So Utah is now number one in the nation for teen suicide and, uh, and top in the nation for adult suicide. Why a young person becomes so hopeless or depressed that suicide seems to be their only way out can be for a variety of reasons. But it's a serious threat to our culture, to our society here. And, and, uh, there, but there is help. And yes. that's what you're going to be talking about, yes. the kind of help that you want to do. So we're going to talk about your book. You have a book out about it. What motivated you to write a book about preventing suicide? Well, actually, it was someone who lived in our community, a young man who was the captain of the football team, had just signed up to the university of his choice to begin in September. This was like happened in the spring. He had signed up for the university of his choice. He was a beautiful family. We knew him since he was young, you know, as a member of uh, extended family, we'll say, you know, friends of ours, family. And um, suddenly, just suddenly, he called his friends to meet him at the beach. When they met him at the beach, he had died by suicide. And so we were at the funeral, and we heard so many people saying, so many people just shocked, saying the son every father would want. Mm. No one could make any sense of it. Was uh, there any reason given that he Absolutely left no reason. No. He had been to church that morning, actually, went home, had a bagel and locks, you know, typical New Yorker, mm -hmm. and then asked his father for the keys to his car. His own car was in the shop and drove down, called his friends to meet him. Absolutely no reason. Wow. He was the boy who, if some, someone else was being bullied, he was the boy to stand up for them. He was the boy to drive home the kids who had been partying. You know, he was the captain of the football team. He's very well connected socially, very academically capable, a beautiful family. His father actually was a fireman in 9-11. Oh, retired out of, out of that. Um, so a very heroic family, a beautiful family. There was absolutely no explanation. And then at the funeral, the, the church was packed with all of the, the children from the high school, the students. And it was at the funeral, actually, where I heard a, a sense within myself to write the book hmm. because of my own experience. So I was also in a, at a place where we're at the top, I would say, the, the pinnacle of life where we were building our healing center that we had been waiting for for 20 years. Mm -hmm. We had just been at a church, had a wonderful service. No one wanted to leave the parking lot, you know, those kinds of yeah. wonderful times where the presence of God is so beautiful. And on the way home, actually, to an apartment that we were being lent while other things were being built, I heard a voice saying, why don't you just drive off the road? Why don't you just end it all now? Where are all the people who said they would help you? I was like, Everything I've done, I've done for Jesus. And what happened was came into my mind a family that Bridge for Peace had been very instrumental in the healing of illness in that family. And the husband had said, we'll always be there to help you. And in my mind, I saw a picture of that family. And that was what I was hearing. Where is everyone now who said they would help you? And I said, everything I've done, I've done for Jesus. I was not depressed. I was mm -hmm. not anxious. Of course, when you're building something like that, there are stressors. Yes, but I'd had a course, lot more yeah. stress in my life than that. That was an exciting time so of life. So this voice just came out of nowhere? Just out of just absolutely nowhere, a suggestion, why don't you end it? Where's everyone wanting to end it? Drive off the road. 
So I just kept saying everything I've done, I've done for Jesus. I don't look for a reward from men. I look towards God. And then the voice just kept hammering so that, and all this happened like this, you know, and I'm sure. explaining it, but it's very mm -hmm. fast. I started to accelerate, not with any intention of driving off the road, but because it's like getting away from the voice, you know, like if the music is loud in the car, how you can tend to accelerate, it was more like that. And with that, it was gone. Wow. And when I got home, I, I was just stunned, you know, and then I asked the Lord, I said, what was that? And he took me to Luke 4 in, mm -hmm. the, in the Word, and it tells the temptations when Jesus was tempted, how he was baptized by John and mm -hmm. then led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And when he was in the wilderness, he underwent certain temptations. Mm -hmm. One was that he was led to the top of the temple. Some say it was a vision. Some say it was real. That's really not material to what I'm sharing with you. The Word of God says he was led to the top of the temple. Mm -hmm. And at the top of the temple, he heard a one word. Many Bibles translate it. One word, jump. Well, let's let's look at verse uh, Luke four Luke nine four. and that Luke four 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 Luke four. Well, I've got four nine on okay. this anyway. What uh, the devil led him Jesus to Jerusalem, okay. and had him stand on the highest point of the temple, and said, "If you are the Son of God," he said, "Throw yourself down from here." Mm -hmm. So that's the passage you're Throw referring to. Down Throw yourself here. down from and the pinnacle of the temple was very what fifty feet or so. Oh no, hundreds, hundred feet. Yes, I mean there was a cliff drop. After that, mm -hmm. of hundreds of feet. Okay. Um, some translations simply say, not throw yourself down from here, they simply say jump. Mm -hmm. So if Jesus would have jumped yeah. from the top of the temple and a cliff drop of hundreds of feet, what would the coroner's report have said? I would imagine suicide. Suicide. Yeah. So Jesus heard a voice of the spirit of suicide. Mm -hmm. I heard that same voice so many years ago, maybe five years ago. I heard that voice myself. There's a spirit, and its name is suicide, and it speaks to people today. Mm -hmm. That was where the Lord led me to show me that this is not if, if our God, Jesus Christ, if he heard the voice, what makes us think that we're going to be exempt? If he heard it, perfect, the not temptation. depressed, the right? Temptation. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't anxious. Mm -hmm. He was there, right. it was, he was Absolutely. under stress, he right. was stressed, but still he heard the voice. So this is what I had experienced. So when people were saying this young boy, this, this high school senior, what happened, it doesn't make sense, we don't understand it. I could say to myself, well, I can understand it. I can understand how everything could be great, your life could be great, your marriage could be great, everything could be wonderful, and you could hear a voice. And so that's when at the funeral that I felt I need to write the book to let people know. We were already working on an app for teenagers, specifically mm -hmm, geared mm -hmm. to teenagers, an app on the spirit of suicide to reach out to young people. So there are, um, there are times when, when people will commit suicide because life gets too rough or too tough or there's something they're facing they don't want to face, or it can be just a voice coming out of nowhere. Right. That, or, right. To, or a voice could capitalize on the times. On, on the tough time they're tough. having. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard those stories also. Uh, also, 
thank God for doctors, psychologists, sure. mental health workers. We're not negating any of that. We ourselves in Bridge for Peace have surgical medical mission teams mm -hmm. that go out across the world and perform free surgery. So we thank God for the medical profession. Absolutely. But what I'm saying yeah. is that there's also a spiritual component. We're very ignorant about spiritual things in our nation. There is a spiritual component here that we as Christians need to address. That's our job. Let the doctor do his job. Let well, and, and there, you're right. And there are people, though, however, that that uh, refuse to acknowledge that there are even the spirit world, you know, the yes, devil and demons exactly. and, and all that. But but it's in the Bible. Exactly. It's very clear that it's there. So that that is a force that we're actually working with. Exactly. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on the <laughs> questions either. But but like you said, this is Jesus this that is the Jesus devil is that heard it. That, that, exactly. And so obviously it can happen to us, too. But yes. but. Uh, um, so what does the devil and his forces want to do to humans? They destroy want to destroy them. us. He came to steal, to kill, and, and to destroy. destroy. That's what Jesus right. said. He came to, Satan came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Mm -hmm. And that's his agenda. And, and what, he does it many different ways. In many different ways. One of those ways. Exactly. Yes. So, so you wrote the book after this? Uh, I wrote the this. book after this young man died. Mm -hmm. That's when I was really moved to yeah. write the book yeah yes so had you been ministering to people before that yes. uh, regarding yes. suicide yes because what happened was after i had that experience i was in a church i was sitting in the front pew waiting to come and speak and as they called me forward to speak i heard the lord say to me tell the story okay. tell the story of what just happened to you mm -hmm. well my first thought was like well i can't do that what are they going to think about me but I thank God, who's trained me so carefully, that whenever you hear, keep it in the dark, don't tell anyone that, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag. Absolutely. So I agree with that. I knew yeah. that when I was hearing, don't tell anybody, keep that in the dark, what are people going to think of you, all of that, that I was going to tell the story and tell the story and yeah. tell the story. Yeah. So that's what happened. I got up and I told the story. And after that, so many people came for healing prayer. Mm -hmm. who had heard the voice, mm. people that were afraid, people that thought, you know, maybe they're losing their minds, people that thought many different things. And they were able to come to me and say, I've heard that voice too. Wow. I can't tell yeah. anybody. Yeah. And then I was able to minister to them and mm -hmm. say, this is why we need to educate people. Because if Jesus Christ heard it, we can hear it. We need to be prepared. If I do, if I know someone has heard the voice, if, if someone listening today was to hear the voice, just to be prepared that you can also hear a voice say, oh, take that nice lipstick off the counter. Mm. Oh, cheat on your income tax. Oh, you know, we hear the voice suggesting many things. Many things, the temptation. The same thing, yes. you can hear the same suggestion. Oh, you know, you're having a rough time with your family. Just check out. You know, it would be mm -hmm. better if mm -hmm. you just left. I mean, it... it it's just the same temptation as any other kind of temptation. No, and again, Jesus was tempted, and Jesus, of course, being who he was, is much greater than we are, yet he was tempted with exactly. this. How did he handle this temptation? Exactly. Well, Which is very important, right. I think, is probably the key or the cornerstone of your ministry. Yes, yes, and one of the very important ways that he handled it was, as you know, Doris, when he was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, who was out there with him? Peter? John? Were any of them out there with him? No. No, he was alone. How then did the story get into the Gospels? Well, obviously, he told it. He told it. 
told the story. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine him sitting around a campfire with them at night saying, hey guys, did I ever tell you that night when Satan took me to the top of the temple? And he must have told it again and again because there's so many things that Jesus did that never made the Gospels. But that made it. That did. Because Jesus wanted it there for us mm -hmm. today mm -hmm. to know that he was not ashamed that he heard a voice. Mm -hmm. He told all his guys, I heard it, and, and the Holy Spirit inspired that it would be written down in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Today, when people hear a voice, they hide, they isolate, they don't want to tell They don't anybody. want others to know about that, for sure. They exactly. don't. It's a stigma against them. Exactly. Right. So the way that Jesus models it for us, and the way that he taught me when even I had that second temptation, don't tell anybody, what will people think of you, that secondary temptation, mm -hmm. then the Lord, because he trained me so carefully, I knew I'm going to tell this to everybody. And then when I saw later what Jesus did, I said, wow, that's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. He just kept telling people, did I yeah, ever tell you yeah, that story? You know, yeah. and that way, break the fear, break the shame, break any sense of isolation, connecting with people and even saying, pray for me that I never have to hear that again. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how he handled the temptation. But he turned around and he he fought against that that temptation by using the word of God. Scripture, right. right. Well, first of all, Satan quoted scripture to Jesus. Right. He quoted it wrong. Right. Well, <laughs> Misquoted scripture. He actually quoted it from, I believe it's from Isaiah, what, what he said. Uh, um, well, in, in the Psalms. Psalms. Yeah, yeah. saying... Um, if you if you stumble like that you would dash your the angels will guard you right. that you won't dash your foot against the stone actually so the word get, does say that you won't get hurt yeah if you, th if right you the do. word yeah. does say that you know that the angels will guard you and lift you up lest you dash your foot against a stone mm -hmm. so he really did say what the word was saying but the thing is he was using it as a temptation Mm -hmm. to destroy life. Tempting Jesus, absolutely. To destroy life. So is suicide then a mental health issue? Is it a spiritual issue? Is it both? And how do we handle it? Right. I would say it can be both. We don't know. Each case is so different. In my book, Spiritual Secrets About Suicide, I interviewed 40 people wow. who had been in yeah. psychiatric institutions, who had attempted all the different stories. I didn't ask any questions. It was more a narrative interview, what, just what they went to share with me. Mm -hmm. But I found the keys in all of the interviews that were the same keys, coming to know who Jesus Christ was, the lover of their soul, the creator of their being, the one who has a destiny for them and a purpose, mm -hmm. created with gifts, created with strengths in Jesus Christ and the knowledge of him to be developed and supernatural revelation. That's what happened in each one of their lives, no matter how old they were, how young they were, yeah. how many yeah. times they had attempted. It was the same pattern that I discovered, and that's the pattern that I wrote about uh -huh. in Spiritual Secrets About Suicide. Yeah. Um, how would our viewers get a copy of your book? It's on Amazon. Spiritual yeah. Secrets About mm -hmm. Suicide on Amazon or at our own website, bridgeforpeace.org. But also, Doris, we have a free first chapter download, um, bridgeforpeace.org, and you can download oh. it, the free first chapter. Uh -huh. And we do have even these cards which we give out, which you can access on the Internet. So let's say you meet someone, you're suspicious that there's a lot going on here, mm -hmm. but they're not sharing that. And you can say, oh, a friend of mine wrote a book that you might be interested in. Once you hand them the card, 
it opens up mm -hmm. another level of mm -hmm. sharing, which is what we want well, to do. That's a great start idea. people sharing. But it's not for people who are suicidal alone. It's really a book about Jesus Christ. It's a book about the healing power of God. Yeah. It's for people with anxiety, depression, or just having to trouble coping in life or have someone they know who struggles with depression. And he he works with, through all of that. Yes, yeah, so we want to go out especially. And as you can see the cover with young girls on the cover, mm -hmm. the two young girls, the two teenage girls, one suffered with depression since she was 15 years of age. It's done by antidepressants. So we're reaching out specifically for those struggling with suicide. We want them to know we love you mm -hmm. and we're reaching out for you and there's answers for you. There's hope for you in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But the book is about a lot more than that. Mm -hmm, certainly. Now, the people that I work with are generally from a, a religious background, either a polygamy background or mm -hmm. a LDS church background. Uh, Mormonism is what I call it anyway. But they have bur been burned so badly by false religion and they've been threatened by an angry church leader or an angrier god mm. and 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 an unforgiveness that they be believe that god is not forgiving or hasn't forgiven them is part mm. of their shame and their guilt mm. and they they don't want to hear anything about spiritual matters because mm. they have been burned so badly in this religion mm. and they don't want to hear about the bible or jesus or so on now your answer to the your answer to this involves a spiritual approach so they don't want that how mm -hmm. would you i mean handing that card out is a beautiful idea mm -hmm. i really like that because that would that could get them maybe interested in mm -hmm. uh, in a God that would help them. How would you suggest that, that that we would talk to people that don't want God, and yet we're suggesting it's God who heals them? Right. Well, I think first of all, it's the recognition that we are spirit, soul, and body. We are. You are. I am. Absolutely. All of us on the planet. You we bet. are spirit, mm -hmm. soul, and body. So maybe in the soul, the soul has been wounded. Yes. The soul has been injured. The heart has been hardened. There's unforgiveness in the heart. It's hardened. All these are soul issues, but we're also spirit. Mm -hmm. And the spirit sparks to the truth mm -hmm. of the love of Jesus Christ. That's truth. And all of our spirits want to come home. All of our spirits want I think want that's a big Jesus. part of it. When they leave, they don't believe that there is a loving God or, or mm -hmm. love. That mm -hmm. Right. And belief comes through the intellect. Mm -hmm. So in the, in the soul is will and intellect. That's all part of our soul. But we're going to pray when we meet someone in need like that to bypass all of their mental and their heart issues, the, all the issues, the memory issues, all of that, mm -hmm. and speak from our spirits, the Spirit of God speaking in our spirit, through to their spirit. So I'm not going to reason with you. I'm just going to love you in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. and that I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God will speak through me to your spirit, mm -hmm. because your spirit is not the place that holds unforgiveness. Your spirit is not the place that rejects God. Your spirit never will reject God. Right. So I will, want, I will pray to speak through the Holy Spirit to your spirit, that your spirit could receive what your heart and your mind cannot at this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, have you ministered to women or, or youth or whomever uh, who have been burned by religion? Well, people that we minister to, if you say on the street kind of idea that way, uh -huh. I mean, we don't necessarily know what their past is that way, but we know that they're not interested in religion. Yeah. You know, to me, religion is a way to reach God. Jesus came to reach me. Right, right. So religion is a way that how do I get good enough 
right. to find God. That's what religion does. And I think that's one of the dilemmas of this culture, mm. is that they're never good enough to reach God. Yeah, that, well, that, that's what religion tells yes, us. But right. Jesus Christ and his word tells us that he loves us, that right. we're acceptable, that he longs for us, mm -hmm. that there's a completion that we bring to his heart. We ourselves are just little nothings bring a completion to his heart. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I want to say spirit. You know, they, you have to worship spirit to spirit. You know, it's not about religion and rules and all of that. I mean, right. I don't need a rule that tells me I need to love my husband. I don't need a rule that tells me I need to spend time with my husband. I want to spend time mm -hmm. with him. So I believe our spirits, everyone in our spirit, we want to spend time with our creator with the one that loves us, that's built into us. Mm -hmm. And that to me, it's love is the way that we, we love the world in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we love the, we go all yeah. over the world. We've been yeah. to, I think, 30 some odd countries now telling wow. people about Jesus. And we love people. Mm -hmm. That's, and that's the heart of God and operating through us. And that's the heart of God. Us, Jesus you know? loved so, the world. Right. Them. So we're not talking to anyone about religion. I'm not saying join a religion, leave a religion. I'm not talking about religion. Yes. I'm talking about you need healing. You need the you relationship need hope, with Jesus. You're hurting. Jesus Christ wants to heal you and deliver you out of these mental images, out of these tormenting memories. And, and that's the basis of someone turning maybe is, is, is to learn that there is hope. There is hope. Because their suicide is hopelessness. Exactly. But when they learn there is hope, there will there be the change. And, yes. and Jesus is our hope. Yes. And we'll hope starts here in Jesus Christ. Right. Now, um, we're getting towards the end of this one, but I want to ask one more question before. Are there any warning signs of suicide? Are there always warning signs, no. I should say? And, and what are, when there are some, what would they be? Well, I would say isolation. Isolation would be a very big sign. I think that's why Jesus told everyone what happened to him. You know, he didn't isolate. He wasn't ashamed. When there's isolation, that's, you want to be able to draw people, connect with people, draw people, show an interest in people, listen to people's stories, have time for people. And I'm not talking about text messaging. Right. <laughs> I'm not yes. talking about let's Facebook. Get personal here. <laughs> not talking about an email. <laughs> right. I'm talking about exactly. Let's mm -hmm. get personal. Let's sit down. Let's talk. And then, like I said, an easy way is say, wow, my friend just wrote this book, or I heard of this book, you know, to offer that. Some people will see the cover of the book and they'll gasp. Mm -hmm. That's a real sign. I say to people, if you're afraid of this book, you need this book. Mm. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, you actually see the physical drawing back. Then you know that that person's in need of ministry. Well, we all need the love of God. We do. Yes. Uh, I myself did not know the love of God until after many, many years after I had left the polygamy group because I was taught of an angry God. Mm. And of course, there's that shame and guilt. And I believe that that's pretty strong in this culture. And we'll talk more about that as we get into part two of this, because I think that's one reason Utah has such a high um, a suicide rate. But, but so suicide does not always have signs, but if they do, it's, it's a, a isolation as part of the sign. Or it couldn't be just an attention getter, though. Do do people kind of shrug it off and say, "Well, he's just trying to get attention"? Well, I there it could be an attention getter, but if I'm hurting so deeply from lack of attention, again, isolation, yeah, that I need to get your attention by mm -hmm. threatening something like that, then there's there's then a, there's, there's a real need. Yeah, there's, there's a, a real need there. exactly. Yeah. There's a real need for connectivity there. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we are we are out of time for this one, but we're going to go to part two. Thank you, And Beth. we're going to uh, talk some more about uh, her approach to helping people who are thinking of suicide or families who have dealt with it. And so we want you to come back next time when we do part two of this interview. Thank you for watching.